Welcome to our Aztecs Hoopla podcast. I'm Jay Posner, sports editor of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Talk each week with Union-Tribune beat writer Mark Ziegler about the Aztecs basketball team, which continues to be undefeated. I was a little worried, Mark, that you know we were going to start the podcast last week and then they were going to turn around and lose. And, of course, everyone would blame us for uh, for something we had, <laughs> we had no control over. But uh, it didn't happen, and uh, the Aztecs beat New Mexico uh, here. They beat Boise up in Idaho, they're now 26-0, and 15-0 in the Mountain West, which I believe has never been done before. So why don't we start with New Mexico last week, and the word came down, I guess, right before tip-off that they had clinched a share of the title. Um, did the players all know that beforehand, and was there sort of a uh, an interest in, well, we don't really want to go out of here clinching with a loss uh, kind of thing, or did the player, or did, did Brian Dutcher and the players not know? Well, they, they had a pretty good idea that the, the clinching win was um, Utah State at Colorado State, and that game was just finishing up as they took the floor, but I, I believe Utah State had a little bit of a lead, so they had an idea, and, and a few minutes into the game it became official. Uh, I think they had a pretty good idea, but at this point, it wasn't like, you know, the, they're down to the last game of the season, and are they going to get the title or not. I mean, they, they pretty much knew they were getting this title, and then they clinched it with, you know, with four games to go. Um, which hasn't been done, which I should say hasn't been done national nationally in any conference in 12 years. Steph Curry and Davidson, yeah. Right, so that's a pretty good achievement just uh, in itself to note. Absolutely. and But the big question, and what the weird thing about that night was they had all this, this big elaborate ceremony planned for after the game to cut down nets and and have Craig Thompson, who was in attendance, present the the, the trophy to the team, and Brian Dutcher. And uh, but they decided they didn't want to do it if they lost the game, even if they clinched a share of the title. And the commissioner was there; <laughs> they weren't going to cut down nets because they just felt like you know when you're when you're when you, know, you won or twenty four zero at that point, uh, you don't back into anything. And they just thought it would be too weird. And and I think they were probably right about that, but just it kind of cast a weird pall over it because, well, you know, it would be just bizarre if they didn't win and clinch the title and Craig Thompson would be kind of like holding his trophy going, what do I do with this? <laughs> well, then they got off to a pretty bad start. I mean, they didn't – I think you you had a note that they didn't take the lead till well into the first half, like later than any conference game all season. Right, and – and uh, and so you know it started to become a little bit more of a possibility. I think the players kind of knew that that was it was kind of a carrot at the end of the stick for them. Like you know they really wanted to cut down nets. They wanted to have the students you know storm the floor and surround them. And and they all talked about what an incredible moment that was just to have the the mass of humanity around them. And when they they had no idea how many people were actually there until they got up on the ladder and looked out at the sea of people. Uh, and so I think that kind of became a little bit of motivation. I don't know if Brian Dutcher talked about it in his halftime speech to get them going. But at the same time, you know, what's weird about this team, and we've talked a little bit about this before, is that there's just this calm. Uh, and you talk to fans, and I have one friend uh, at Sue Camp who's, who's been a, a season ticket holder, I think, since the beginning of the Fisher era, pretty darn close to it. And for, for 19, 20 years. And he sits kind of up in the corner and uh, about halfway up and, and he goes, you know, I've never been this unnervous during games. He goes, I don't get nervous anymore. I, I just have this feeling this team's going to win. And that's just kind of the way it was against New Mexico. They, they were 
you know, not a very good first half. New Mexico is making shots. Uh, they're fired up. And, and the, and the players said it, and I think the fans just kind of felt it like, you know what, they'll, they'll sort this out in the second half and they'll win. And they I, did. I think it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the players being excited, you know, wanting to cut down nets and everything. And, you know, I think it's easy for, for all of us, you know, whether it's media, fans, uh, you know, students, whatever, to get caught up in the fact that this team is undefeated. What gets lost in that is the idea that, you know, it's a big deal to win a conference title. It's not an easy thing to do, you know, in any conference. I mean, this conference certainly has its has its challenges. I mean, it also has its soft spots, but it has its challenges. And I would hate to think that some of this stuff's going to get lost. Like if they do, if they do lose a game, like if they don't finish thirty eight zero, or they lose a game at some point, that that people are just going to sort of forget everything that was was achieved. And I and I think that you mentioned it in one of your stories last week that, you know, they've, I think this is their 12th conference title. And I assume that's, that, go, that goes back to the whack, I think. But this one's different. And, and, you know, this team is different. And especially if they can get through these next, these next three games uh, undefeated and, and, you know, and have this 18-0 and regular season. And I, I, I do think it's important that for, kind of for everyone to think, you know, this is, this is a pretty big deal. And, and I think, I hope everyone's enjoying what they're seeing and and just not sort of taking it for granted. I mean, it's one thing to kind of expect the team to win and say, okay, they'll figure it out. But, you know, there's something to enjoy here with a team like this. And as we know, as as people have been sports fans for, you know, basically half a century, um, these kind of years don't come along. Uh, you know, very often. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll throw in a plug for the soccer team I follow in terms of Liverpool, and it's the same kind of thing where, you know, you just think, oh, they're gonna, they haven't lost in the Premier League all year, and you think every time they go out, oh, okay, they're going to win. But I think sometimes you have to take a step back and realize what you're watching, you know, that it's a, it's a big deal to do what, the, what this team's doing. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm glad you said that because, you know, one thing that, that happens to fan bases, and I think it happened to this fan base after they went 34-3, and three, everyone said, well, gosh, this is going to really help recruiting, and we're going to be so good in the future because, you know, <laughs> we did this with a bunch of guys like B.J. Gay, who was a zero-star recruit, and, you know, and Malcolm Thomas we got as a transfer, and, you know, Billy White no one wanted, and, and we got him, and, you know, Chase Tapp, we broke his, his leg his sophomore year of high school, and nobody wanted him, and we took him, and, you know, now just think of the players we're going to get now. And Brian Dutcher laughed at it all the time. He laughed at it back in 2010, 11, when people said that. And he said, how are we going to get better players than we just had? We went 34 <laughs> and 30. We right. had Kawhi Leonard. And the same thing people are starting to say now, oh, this is going to really help us in the future. Well, how are you going to be any better than 26 and 0? I mean, how are you going to get better players than Malachi Flynn and Yanni Wetzel? I mean, people need to realize that this is, this is what, this is it. I mean, and, and yeah, you might have some good seasons in the future, but you, you can't get spoiled. And that's kind of the tendency that, that people have. And to your point about, you know, and it's something to really think about it is what, what happens if this team doesn't win the national championship? Um, will people be disappointed or will they kind of give that a pass and, and look at the bigger picture? Because in college basketball, people don't look at the bigger picture. Right. Uh, and, and, and the way the season is set up for better or for worse, it's what makes college basketball unique and different than any other sport that we, we have college or professional because of the tournament. But the, the, the flaws in that is that you, you, lose sight of things like a conference championship, which in some ways is more difficult to win. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an 18-game season. It's six trips in the altitude for a C-level team. It's, uh, they're traveling without 
the benefit of a charter or, or they have one, maybe two a year. Um, you know, I just went with them to Boise and they, they flew commercial and got in at nine o'clock the night before, didn't have a chance for a practice in the arena or shooter, a formal shoot around the next morning, played the game, rushed to the airport, got on a flight that left uh, an hour and 45 minutes after the game ended, flew to Oakland, had an hour layover in Oakland, got on another plane, and, and many of these guys are cramming in the middle seats because they don't have A boarding passes on Southwest, and then flew home and got home at, you know, at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night on campus. And, and you know, that's tough to do and, and be, be undefeated. And so, uh, it, yeah, what they're doing is, is special. I hope one thing that they do is, and I'm not sure they will. I might have to break tradition a little bit. But if they end up the regular season 29-0 or they, they finish the conference tournament 32-0 going into the NCAA tournament, I hope on their banner for the conference championship they put the record mm-hmm. because I really think that's important to people to understand. Yeah, they won this conference championship, but they went 32-0 or 29-0, and they went 18-0 and in the Mountain West, which has never been done. Right, right. No, those are uh, those are good points. And, again, I mean, they could – this could all be moot. They could go 38-0. But, I mean, look, history tells us that that's probably not going to happen. Now, where, when and where that loss is going to come, you know, we have no way of knowing. And, and when and where that loss comes could have a uh, sort of a, a, an effect on how some people look at, look back at this season. I mean, you think about the Virginia team a couple of years ago that, you know, had a fantastic season, was a one seed, gets beat by a 16. I mean, they, they're going to look at that season differently than – a season where, you know, if they had uh, gone to the final, like if they had lost in the Final Four last year, uh, that probably still would have been considered a, uh, a success. But anyway, I want to, you mentioned the Boise game. I want to get back to that real quick. I mean, that was a game that on paper at least looked like, okay, here's the here's a chance that they could lose a game. There was a lot, uh, a, a lot against them. You mentioned a couple things. Boise had only lost once at home all season, I believe. I think the point spread was the smallest one they the Aztecs have had in the conference so far this season, and then they go out and they sm- and they smoke Boise basically. I mean, I think <laughs> Boise made one run or whatever, and game got a little close, but but for the most part, I mean, the Aztecs dominated the game. The final was what seventy two fifty five, I think. Uh, you know, the, Boise shot under forty percent until the very end of the game. Aztecs had eleven steals. They didn't turn the ball over. W- was that one of their better performances? I mean, they've obviously had a lot of good performances. Was that one of their better ones? Yeah, I mean, I thought their best half of the season was was the first game against Boise when they when they were up twenty three at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, you know, this game might have been one of their most complete games, just because of the atmosphere and the stakes. Uh, and and how they played. I mean, it was it, it was really impressive to me, and I wrote about this in my three thoughts uh, yesterday or in today's paper. Uh, it, it, you know, they changed their defensive philosophy, which is something that you know most coaches wouldn't dream or dare do, uh, particularly if you beat a team the first time and it worked uh, to a certain extent. Um, you just don't change things, and they did, and uh, it was impressive. And their coach talked about, it. he said, we just could not drive on them. I mean, they, 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 their ability to keep, put bodies in front of people and, and not foul was just something I'd never seen before. And he told me, uh, you know, privately after the game, he goes, I think they're actually getting better. You know, we played them, uh, about a month apart. I think they've really improved. And that's a sign of a really, really good veteran team. They, they're not resting on their laurels. Um, offensively, they look really, really efficient. Uh, the starters did at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bench, not so much. But I mean, 
the starters are playing heavier minutes now, and and I mean they're they're just so cohesive and together and unselfish, uh, and so that you know it was a very 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 impressive win, and it, and like you said, that was the one that a lot of people thought was going to be you know you kind of circled on the on the calendar and said okay this is going to be a really tough one, uh, and and they didn't lose it, they didn't even come close. Right, and then you know you wrote today also uh, about Rick Pitino watching the game in Greece and tweeting at one a.m. Uh, over there about about watching the Aztecs and and Malachi Flynn being the the best guard that he's seen all year and 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 then you and I were laughing later after that story went online uh, yesterday that that Jay Billis then tweeted about about the Aztecs and and I, something to the effect that you know if you haven't seen this team yet you should really watch them they're really good and and I, I jokingly sent you a text that you know I think Billis is feeling left out. Uh, you know, he wanted he wanted to be in your story, but uh, anyway, it, it, it's just one of those things where they there are those are people that don't normally have much to say about a team like San Diego State, and I, I think people are taking notice. And and to me, I don't think it matters is that people take notice, but I know that it's it's important uh, it's important to a lot of fans that, that to feel like they're being appreciated, and it's probably you know it's probably a good thing for the for the players to to see and and feel like, hey, look who's look who's noticing us uh, at at this point. And and one thing I wanted to mention, it seems like Dutcher at this point has basically said, you know, forget the one game. I mean, obviously they got to play one game at a time because you're not you can't win three games at once. But he's he's pretty much said at this point, let's go out and have a perfect season, right? I mean, that's kind of the you know, let's let's make this twenty nine and zero, and 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 not screw it up at this point. Is that sort of? Do you find that interesting that that he would, you know, sort of put that carrot out there, um, you know, at this point? Well, he's you know the way he's done it. It's been interesting. Is he's he's um, you know I remember back in my days covering the NBA, Cotton Fitzsimmons, who was one of the great NBA coaches and great quotes. Uh, he had turned around a Phoenix Suns team, and I went. And I, and I was doing a story on them, and I went in their locker room, and he had written up on the board all these numbers. And they had broken down the NBA season into three-game in- increments, and they tried to win two out of every three games. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a one game at a time because it, he just felt like it was too much, right, uh, to just play, play 82 one game at a time. So he said, let's do it in three-game increments here, which is roughly – a week, a week and a half, depending on the schedule, and we're going to try to win two of them, and then we'll go on to the next three, and then we'll go on to the next three. And Brian Dutchers hasn't done it that exactly, but he has kind of broken it into little four or five game segments. Mm-hmm. Like he said, let's get off to a good start. And so that meant basically winning at BYU. And then it was, let's, uh, they had a stretch of like five games in 10 days or something, including the Las Vegas tournament. Let's try to, let's try to go five and oh. And they got to 4-0, and, and he got in the locker room before um, the Iowa game, and he said, look, we went 4-0. That's pretty darn good. This is we were pre- pretty much playing with house money, but let's see if we can go 5-0. And they did. And then they only had five games in December. He said, let's try to go 5-0 and in December. And then it was, let's start off uh, uh, the, the conference, you know, when they, when they resumed conference play, let's start that off. And then it became, um, let's, um, let's get the banner. And then that was done, and that left him four games, and now it's let's win these last four. Mm-hmm. And then it will be let's win the three of the conference tournament. And then it will be let's win the, you know, the first two in the, in the NCAA tournament and go to the Sweet 16. So that's kind of how he's broken it down. And it really hasn't been one game at a time, but uh-huh. um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not too much that they can't 
sort of see the horizon, uh, but it's enough that it, it gets them focused more than just trying to do it one game at a time where you, you're kind of apt to let downs in one of those games. Right. So, okay, so the last thing before uh, before we run, they have three games left in the regular season. Uh, UNLV comes here on Saturday afternoon, four, Saturday evening, 4.30 game at Viejas, and then a, a quick turnaround, but it's no travel involved. Colorado State comes here on the following Tuesday, so that's a week from today as we as we tape this, and then they go to uh, Reno for the final game. So we'll get to we'll we'll come back and do another one of these next Tuesday, or maybe even Monday after the uh, uh, after the Vegas game, going into Colorado State and Senior Night. So we'll just deal with we'll deal with just one game at a time right now. On here <laughs> with with Vegas, they played Vegas on January twenty sixth, so that roughly uh, roughly three weeks ago, and. That was an an odd day and obviously a uh, tragic day in the sports world. The word, what, an hour, hour and a half or before the game that Kobe Bryant had died in a crash. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, really looked up to Kobe, idolized Kobe, struck by that. And I'm sure it was a, a sort of a weird situation to, to go out and play. And, the, and that ended up being, right now, that's their second closest game in the conference, other than the obviously the San Jose State weirdness where Malachi Flynn had to make the shot at, at the end, but the Aztecs won that game by four. It's one of only three, and and that was that was the game where the guy hit the three pointer at the end to cover the spread, and then the crowd was going crazy, and I'm sure everyone was <laughs> like, "What's course, going on?" Here? Right, it's Vegas. What's going on here? But anyway, it's one of only three single digit uh, wins that they've had in the conference. I think Bryce Hamilton had what 28 or 29. Uh, in that game, uh, and and the rest of the team only had about thirty, um, maybe thirty five. So, what what should we look for from from Vegas uh, at this point coming in, and and how the uh, how Saturday will will be on, you know, for the for the atmosphere at VA House, which I'm sure will be crazy, and and just sort of the matchup with this team and and the Rebels. Well, the one thing about this team, uh, T.J. Altsenberger has done is he's got them playing hard he kind of had a uh, come to jesus moment earlier in the season i can't remember who they played they played somebody who was not very good and lost at home i've been loyal and marymount and he just he just ripped his team afterwards in in press conference and brian dutcher said he goes look you, you kind of get one go at, at at your team in public <laughs> and if they come back and they play hard the next game you're going to be okay if they don't you pretty much lost them for the season mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these guys aren't guys he recruited. He, he recruits into a system. It's interesting. His recruits next year aren't really, like, highly regarded, but they're, they're system guys. And, and he plays a system, and he loves basketball guys who are obsessed with sports. So they played really hard, and that's, that's what kind of kept them in the game against San Diego State. They just kept coming at them and, and grinding at them. Uh, but, you know, they were 6-1 and one going into that game, uh, and they were, they were in second place. Um, and they've struggled since then. Now, it's not that they're playing any worse basketball. It's just because they played a much tougher schedule in the last few weeks than they did in the first few weeks. The way this, you know, there's really a, an upper and lower division in this conference. And they played almost all lower division teams right off the bat. Now they're playing upper division teams and, and losing some games. But they just won at the pit, which is, you know, I know New Mexico is dysfunctional, but that anyone can go in there and win uh, at altitude, it's, it's tough in that environment. So that is impressive. And he said, Bryce Hamilton was a really hard guard for him because 
you know, in the past, San Diego State's had bigger guards, guys like Jeremy Hemsley and Xavier Thames, who could put a body on a, on a bigger perimeter player, and now they don't have that. So they struggle a little bit against those type of players. Sam Merrill is tough to guard. Um, and when you have, you know, K.J. Fagan's been really, really good, but he only can guard one guy. Mm-hmm. And so who guards him? And, and it'll be interesting to see how they, if they change their defense uh, to, to adjust to what he did, or if they just say, eh, go get your points, we're going to shut down everybody else like they did last time. Um, the one thing, though, that should be noted is that, is that you know, the Aztecs, last year their, their two buys were in the first three or four weeks of the season, of the conference season. This year they're late. So they're having their second bye this week. They don't play uh, a Tuesday or Wednesday game this week. And it was really evident to me in that Boise game how much fresher their legs were. And Brian Dutcher has not been practicing very much, them very much in their bye weeks. They, had, you know, they went from Tuesday to Sunday before the game against Boise. Mm-hmm. Like today, they, they were off yesterday. They might come out today and, and, and shoot a little bit. But that's probably going to be it. They'll be off tomorrow, and they'll, they'll practice hard Thursday and Friday. And that's a dangerous thing to do with a team. But when you have a veteran team that you know can absorb your game plan quickly, you don't need a ton of practice time. You don't have to, to review a lot of stuff. Uh, it, it, it helps to save legs this time of year. And so I suspect they'll be pretty fresh for this, these, these upcoming games. And, and uh, as much as the other teams you know, may tactically try stuff against them or, or play hard, I mean, I just think they're going to run out of gas in the second half. We've been seeing that a lot lately uh, with this Aztec team. So I, I, I kind of expect more. Right. And that's a good point about being fresh because they do have a stretch i mean they don't play for six days but then you know they go saturday tuesday saturday and then the conference tournament the next week with you know thursday friday saturday if all if all goes well so potentially that's what six games in a span of like 15 days uh i think so it's probably a good this this buy is is quite fortuitous and comes at a at a really good time I'm sure for uh, for them to get a little rest and and then they'll have a ton of rest between the Mountain West tournament and the NCAA tournament but but there's plenty of time to uh, to talk about that down the road but we will uh, we will end this here we will thank everyone for listening and we'll come back at the start of next week talk about the Vegas game and what's coming up in the final week of the regular season so thanks everyone for joining us. 